the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Friday. We've made it through the week. That's a good thing. The weekend looms in front of us. It looks like it's going to be dry. I won't say it's going to be real warm, but at least it will be dry. And I don't know if you noticed it or not today when you were driving into work, but things are greening up around. Uh, Lots of leaves starting to pop out on trees and things of that nature. First day of spring is Wednesday, so uh, we should be getting some green going around uh, the area. Uh, today, during the hour, I want to talk to the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center uh, out of Little Rock, and uh, they're going to be supporting a uh, movie that's going to be shown here in the area before it comes out. Uh, they're going to do kind of a pre-show, and the money is going to be, I'm sure that's raised off of this, is going to be used with the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center. And uh, Alana Tatum's here. Yes. Hi. Did I get guys. that right? Alana, like Benny. Alana. I want to say Alana. It's a good Southern name. Okay. Alana Tatum and then Nicole Lashbrook. Hello. She is the executive director of the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center. And uh, let's start off talking about you all first. All right. And uh, the uh, let's talk to uh, now. I'm I've got my I've got a brain freeze here. <laughs> Alana. Yes. I got it right. Okay. Alana, uh, tell us how you got involved with the the pro-life movement first and then with the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center. Me? Yeah. Um, I actually was a client at Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center when Mm -hmm. I found myself um, with an unplanned pregnancy in college over here at University of Arkansas Little Rock. Okay. All right. And had you been involved in the pro-life movement before that or had you ever thought about... Well, what would happen? What would I do? Did you go through, you know, I play through scenarios all the time in my mind. If this happens, what would I do? Do Are you that kind of person? Actually, I did grow up in church, and I was very much pro-life. But then I ran away from God, like a lot of people do when they finish high school. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself in the situation. And thankfully, I was able to get to the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center as a college student to get those resources and support that I needed to make the best choice for my child. And she's now six years old. Wow. Okay, so this happened a while back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it, you know, tell us a little bit, how did the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center help you? Well, they're a wonderful organization that's focused on providing resources and really empowering um, women and their families when they're going through having to make this choice. For me, I had a kind volunteer answer the phone and just talk me through 
what I needed to do next. And then I came in for our individual classes and got to work with a volunteer and a nurse and take some amazing classes on healthy pregnancy, healthy family structure, and they provided me with resources so I could finish college. And it was just a great way to form that relationship with them, and that's what I really needed at the time. So during this time that you were away from your you know, uh, your religious roots and you were much more secularized, so to speak. I went through that as well. Uh, did it ever cross your mind that maybe this shouldn't be right now? It did. When I found myself in the situation, it did cross my mind. And I had some people around me um, that didn't have a faith background as much as I did that mm-hmm. said things like, just get an abortion. It's no not a big deal. It's just a parasite. Um, you can't have a child and finish college. You're not going to be able to do it. But if I hadn't have been able to get to the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center when I was in that crisis in college, um, I mean, I'm not sure if I would have listened to them or not. But I thank God every single day that I was able to get there. Okay. Now, really personal question. That person that told you that your unborn child was a parasite, are you by any chance still friends with them? You know, I actually am because I think okay. what's happened is they just didn't know. They Have were, they changed their viewpoint on it? Yes, yes. All right. We've all grown up now. We've all experienced life, and a lot of us have had the opportunity to, to learn from our you know experiences from when we were in college, and so it's just really great to see how people have come along. That's the first time I've ever heard of anybody telling you that an unborn child is a parasite. Mm. Now, I can understand where it comes from because there's uh, people in the women's movement that say this is, you know, something that's living off of you. So I guess they would see it as a as a, as a parasite. But still, to hear it said that way just kind of sends a chill up my spine. Does right. it send? Does it? Do you when you think about that now? Does that? Do you go? Man, I can't believe people were telling me that. Yes, I do. But when I look back, I think about the person that who they were at that time. And I know that they weren't saying it like 100 percent out of trying to be mean spirited. They were saying it out of what they thought was best because of the the culture we lived in mm-hmm. and the culture we had there. You still live in. Yeah, we still and do. Live still in it. is mm-hmm. over at the university amongst the young folks that are there. It's a scary, scary situation. I mean, we're going to talk about this in a moment. It's 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 always expanding. And, uh, Nicole, you're the executive director. We'll get to that. But how did you get involved in the pro-life movement? Well, I my, my faith, faith raised me in that. I've always been somebody who cherished life, and God gives us these blessings to raise. Yeah. I mean, have you always been as pro-life as you are now i mean you're executive director of an organization that that's exactly what they deal with and you're close to one of the pregnant uh, the uh, uh pardon me abortion centers here in, in arkansas no i wasn't always as active as i am now i think you know we've all when we were younger out of sight out of mind but when this position opened up for me over six years ago it was just uh i was so strong in my faith at the time and I just felt a call from God that I needed to answer this this uh, 
job application, if you will. And it's been a, a blessing to serve for these over six and a half years. Has that, has that pro-life viewpoint just gotten stronger? Is there parts now that you look at and you go, man, I never even thought of it that way? I think what it has happened over these years is it's became real. Um, it's mm-hmm. one thing to say I'm pro-life, and it's another thing to actually walk with the people who are there asking for help. And so to see these young ladies come into our center, and each story is different. Each story is personal, and each story is valid. And to be able to serve them with the resources they need to make a life-affirming choice is just a gift. Yeah, so I want to. we're going to take a break because we're, we're, believe it or not, all the way already to our first break. Take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk further about this. But uh, I want to talk about what's it like for a young woman today or even a middle-aged woman perhaps to find themselves pregnant and uh, with the culture that we live in we'll come back we'll talk further the arkansas pregnancy resource center is here and uh, alana uh, tatum is here got it right didn't i hey yes and, you did and nicole lashbrook is here as well and we're going to talk to both of them more about this there's a movie coming up uh, that's going to happen uh, here in a couple of weeks. We want to tell you about it. We want to let you know how you can get tickets, and you can go a long way in uh, helping uh, this uh, center uh, get some additional funds that they need to make what they do uh, happen. Because I'm going to tell you, as we get into this discussion, the church who should be very, very, very uh, committed to this cause is not. I'm just going to be honest about it, and we'll talk about why that is as well. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And the guy who does that, uh, his name is Lonnie Padron. And uh, I know Lonnie from years ago. We worked together at WIBC and in indianapolis and i'm glad that he's uh, our voice guy now it's good to have him along for the ride with us as well so when you hear his voice just know he's a really good guy about four years after i got to um, indianapolis he left to start his own production company and he is very very successful we're talking with the arkansas pregnancy resource center and uh, they're going to be showing the movie Unplanned here in the near future. I'm going to tell you all about that. Don't worry. You're going to hear all about it. Tell you how to get tickets to go see it. And uh, uh, Alana Tatum uh, is with us. And Nicole Lashbrook is with us. Nicole is the executive director of the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center. And she mentioned something during the break just offhandedly. And I, I went, well, yeah, that did happen to you all. Now, you all are over off of um, what, uh, not Chennault, but. Uh, yeah, Financial Shutner Parkway. Yeah, yeah, Financial Parkway, right over as you come off the bridge there coming down 630. And you're on the, le- the left over there. You guys had a fire. Yes, sir. Well, it burned you to the ground? A little bit of a fire, yes. So on May 20th last year, Pentecost Sunday, our building suffered a total loss to a fire. There was a roofer up there repairing it with a flat tar roof and had to have a flame up there and it just got caught and the whole building went down wow Mm -hmm. that's not good no it's not but you know we learned that the work that we do is bigger than four walls it's a ministry first and that the community rallied and surrounded us and um, helped us get back on our feet we've within six months 
our new location right next door to the sole abortion facility in the state. Mm-hmm. And we also have a second location uh, called Rise Little Rock at South Tyler Street to serve communities and families. And we were still able to serve women and families in the community due to our mobile unit. So even though we lost our main center, we still, that, that Sunday it burned, that Friday we're out on the street with our first mobile mission continuing to serve. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center, because I'm sure that we can talk quite some time about what it is that you all uh, do. You can give us some great, uh, you know, wins that you've had, maybe even talk about some losses that you've had. But uh, how did it come about? I think I heard, uh, you said 30 years you guys have been around? Yes, we've been around for over 30 years. (laughs) That's amazing. It really is amazing, and you're over there by, uh, as you just said, uh, Nicole, the only abortion clinic left in the state. Yes, sir. My hope is that that will cease to exist in the near future. Uh, so what? Uh, how? who were the people who started the organization? What was their vision when it first started? How has that vision changed? Because culture has changed in 30 years yes sir so it was started over 30 years ago by a a a priest named father joseph nielsen and he had a good idea of saying you know seeing women going to the abortion facility and just saying stop mother i want to talk and from his idea and prayers that rallied a community from um ann covey and and maria maldonado and all these wonderful people in our ministry history who just took this charge and went forward and initially they started with just giving pregnancy tests and talking to people and helping them with support um but it continued to grow and with through prayer and we uh, partnered with heartbeat international and around about the 20 2008 i believe and got some structure which helped us build a, a facility or a structure organizationally we then brought in ultrasound services in 2012 and that helped us to help these moms see what's going on in their body a window to the womb if you will mm-hmm. we then in 2016 introduced um, sexually transmitted infection testing and what that does is talks about your sexual health i mean if you're going to have an abortion let's make sure you're not going to have any other infections that might spread and, and hurt your future right. fertility fertility and then in 2017 we introduced our mobile unit to leave the four walls and go into the community and connect with people before that you consider an abortion decision and that proved so necessary uh, since we had the fire in 2018 so we continued to serve all right so i look at uh, you've been around for 30 years what's some of the biggest changes i mean it, it still amazes me today that there are a lot of women that have no idea what their unborn child looks like that they're carrying a, around in the womb don't have a clue correct and i think uh, you think that with more technology and internet people would do the research to see what's going on but you have to put yourself in the shoes of a client when you're in that situation sometimes you don't want to see what's going on um and they're just scared and sometimes if you Mm -hmm. do see what's going on it makes it a harder choice so what we do is offer free pregnancy confirmation and options consultation we don't judge anybody come in bring us your burdens if you will and let's show you what's going on and taking that time person to person and you'll find that if you spend that time talk to that person and find out what's going on in their life usually the pregnancy is not the crisis it's the life around the the person thank you let's stop and right there and let's let's have a real open discussion for people who are listening in today 
the biggest problem in our culture is still when a woman's not married and finds herself pregnant, their families turn against them in many cases, their friends turn against them, their church turns against them, and they don't get anybody who tries to walk in their shoes with them. A lot of them don't want to show the love of Christ to them, and the, the it's just a terrible, terrible situation. The, the first time I got involved with pro-life was that, uh, and I earned my little feet that I, won, uh, I wore, uh, was down in Texas, and that was taking in pregnant teenagers who had been thrown out by their parents because they'd gotten pregnant. And I, I'm just saying that what I'm hearing you say is that is the main problem. That is a big component of the problem. You're correct there. But I don't know if the parents dismissing the, their child is. I think it's more like you've alluded to earlier, the culture of life in society. Um, marriage isn't an institution that people – uh, set as a goal a lot of times um, people are happy to have a baby and not have a husband mm-hmm. um, I've seen a lot of clients come in here and they have several what they call baby daddies and then that way they have a lot of different people bringing in different income sources right. so that each child is a different income source and I hate to say it that so callously but that's a reality for some folks well sure it is I mean it's very obvious that that you know all we got to do is look at our culture and look at our our welfare roles and and all the rest of it. I mean, it it all works together into one big ball of wax that is a big problem. But one thing that we do is we know I can't fix society or what the politics are, and we pretty much stay away from that. I think that we're successful in just ignoring that noise around this woman and concentrating on her and her issues at that time. Well, that's where it needs to be. And uh, each case is different. Uh, We talked about before the typical client of what the ages I've seen as young as 13 Mm. and as old as 50. Okay. So when people think about what is somebody coming into the pregnancy center, it can be anybody who's sexually active and and became pregnant and something they didn't plan. What's the the difference in, um, say, I'll just say 16-year-old, a 16-year-old coming in and a, a 50-year-old coming in. I mean, there's some different issues at work then. There are a lot of different issues with them, um, but the one common denominator is they're scared. Okay. They're both scared. And the, we had a 15-year-old come in the other day. Um, she came in, and she was saying that you know her mother brought her in, and her mother said, well, I was okay with my abortion at 15. Um, and here's my 15-year-old girl. And I and I it's a dagger in my heart when you say this. I mean, I, but it's the truth of the matter. It okay? is the I truth. Understand and that. you know, uh, I applaud our nurses for being so able to adapt to the situation from a 15 year old mm-hmm. than from a woman who's in her 40s coming in pregnant due to infidelity, and to be able to address those concerns in such a loving, calm way, and just honoring each person that comes in and saying your voice matters, your choice matters. But let's learn about that. And let's learn about those consequences and which ones can you be proud of and which ones can you walk away with your head high. And I think that is very impactful. Okay, so how, how long does it take to get the person away from being, for better or worse, and may, may not be the best way to put it, but being self-centered and it's all about them, to being understanding that there's an innocent life involved in this that doesn't get much of a say unless you allow it? That is a great question. And I would love to give you a magic answer, but it's different for each person. I'll, that's why the ultrasound is so important. I think being able to see, oh, my goodness, there's a heartbeat. Oh, my goodness, look at that little guy he's sucking his thumb. 
is so powerful, so powerful to that person. But some people see that and they just say, I'm okay with this. So I wish there was an answer that said it was easy, but each person's different. Where's the disconnect for uh, an unborn child that people can look at an ultrasound, see that it's alive, and think that there's nothing wrong with ending its existence? I don't know. I think what we do with our center is we focus on that mom. It's through that mom that you save that child. So if you take that time with her and talk to her about her concerns and alleviate that crisis, whether it be with housing, finances, finding uh, counselors, um, even adoption agencies, I think that is what the tools that we have to help them change their minds. All right. We've got to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more. And uh, Alana, I promise I'll talk more with you too. Yeah, we'll definitely. do that. We'll get you involved in the con- the uh, conversation. Nicole Lashbrook here as well. So Dave Ellswick show. We got to get to the news. Let's bring you up in sixty seconds about that terrible shooting in New Zealand today. Let's do that right now. All right, back with you as we continue our uh, conversation that we're having on the show today. And uh, want you to keep in mind that the folks here from the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center has a special event that's coming up, and we're going to get to that when I get back talking with them. But right now, let me remind you about Agent Dwayne Smith over in Sherwood, Allstate uh, Agent the uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. I just saw today, so I was driving down 67167 from my house in Cabot, uh, southbound. He's got himself up a billboard now, too. And that's probably him riding that motorcycle because he's a big motorcycle rider. He was up at uh, Sturgis a couple of years ago, said he would never do it again, said that that was too long of a ride anymore, uh, with and it just killed his back, so... I don't, I don't think you'll be doing that, but he can talk to you about insurance for your, uh, yeah, you know, the the bike that you have. He can talk to you about that, talk to your car, talk to your house, um, all of that. And if you'll just bring in the insurance papers that you have, they'll sit down and, and run over those with you and what Allstate can do for you. And I think you'll find that Allstate is very competitive, in fact, can probably beat the insurance that you have right now. That is uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Phone number, give them a call, 501-819-0373, 501-819-0373, or visit them at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. Again, the address, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. And uh, Dwayne's a good guy. I've known Dwayne now for a couple of years, and uh, he'll do you right. He'll take good care of you. Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center in Little Rock with us right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Nicole and Alana are here from the organization. Nicole is the executive director. Uh, and Alana, and Alana, let's talk to you a little bit and bring us up on when this movie is going to be shown, uh, what time, where, how do people get tickets, what's the movie a little bit about. I'm going to turn it over to you now. Okay, thank you. Um, So we are doing the Unplanned Red Carpet event fundraiser on Thursday, March 28th. It is going, the movie starts screening at 7, but we have a a special deal going with Riverdale 10, so you can get there about 6, 6.15 Mm -hmm. to check in and do a special beat and greet 
in a picture with Steve and Bethany from the fish. Okay. Um, and you as well, if you're able to make it. Okay. Because I'm sure people would love to take a picture with you. And what I might be able to do it. It's on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I get off at 5 because we'll be replaying my interview with JR. So mm-hmm. if I can get over there, I'll get over there. How's that? Well, yeah, that, we'd that love to enough? have you. Yes. Okay. And during that time, you can get your concessions. We'll kind of open the two theaters up for six, at 645 to be seated. Mm-hmm. Right now, the special we have is if you go to the FISH website, you'll see a banner. It says VIP screening. If you select that, we have a limited number of tickets. You can get them for $10. Good um, job. And if you go on that website and click the banner, it'll take you to the link, and you just fill out and pay for your 10 tickets. And the first people that do that are going to get a VIP swag bag, and you'll get that during the reception. So yeah. 615, get there for meet and greet and pictures. 645 is when we'll open up for seating, and the movie starts at 7, and we're encouraging everyone to stay afterwards because we're going to have a talk about our ministry and our work. Good. That's fantastic. And it's, it's going to be good. We did something similar a few months back. We showed the movie Gosnell. Uh, had a, we had a pretty good turnout for that. I was really pleased with the turnout for it and we brought the author of the book in for people to meet and buy the book if they wanted to afterwards and stuff these are things that uh, you know it's good things to be doing get the uh, get the message out get the message out about this all right so uh what's the hey uh zach grab the microphone what's the uh what's the uh address for uh steve and bethany was it ninety three three FM the fish? Just F, just the fish. Doc, oh FM. Okay, ninety three three FM the fish. Dot com. Yeah. Okay, that's where you go. All right. So we'll, I just posted the link that. on. We have a Facebook page actually called Friends of Saint Joseph's Helpers. If okay. everyone goes likes and our page, you can get updates about the event there. And I just put the link on our comment on okay. there. So are are we on Facebook right now? We are. I'm looking, and it's red. It, it just turned green. It, it went back to red again. Are we okay? Okay, so you got to sort something out. All right. As soon as he puts it back up, I'll, I've got a, a Sharpie here, and I'll write it, write that address down on a piece of white paper, and I'll hold it up so you who are watching this on Facebook will be able to get the address that way as well. We want I want this cell completely out. How many, how many tickets do you have total? We have 213, 212 tickets total. Okay, so we want to sell all of those. Yes, we do. All right, that's the way we want this to work. So keep that in, keep that in mind. This is to, this to help the ministry. Is that is that right, Nicole? Yes, sir. So all the proceeds from the movie goes to the work that we do at the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center. Okay, and the thanks to Matt Smith, who typically is on at this time. In fact, on Fridays, but he's off the next two Fridays because he's it is spring break. Yes, and it is. Uh, as far as I know, they're probably at Disney World again with their daughter and their son. So uh, having some family time. But uh, we want to, to thank Matt for uh, making the theaters uh, available to uh, the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center. Tickets are $10. If there's a limited amount, and it's only going to be open from this weekend to next Friday. Okay, so we're talking a week from this coming Thursday mm-hmm. that it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just for the listener, uh, for the listeners of the fish in this show. They get that exclusive little VIP extra boost. Everybody else, if they can get it online yes. through our site. 
Yes, they yeah. can also get them online through our site for fifteen dollars, and okay. it's to help our ministry. All right, and and what is the uh, the website again for your ministry? It's pregnancylittlerock.com forward oh, slash easy. donate. Okay, yes, sorry. There you go. Pretty easy to get a hold of and and to get involved. If you uh, are part of the pro life movement, if you're not part of the pro life movement, if you'd like to see this movie, it's called Unplanned and. Nicole, give us a little synopsis of what the movie's about. So the movie is about Abby Johnson, who was a woman that used to work at Planned Parenthood. She was an executive director, and it's her story about how she turned from being executive director at Planned Parenthood to turning to pro-life in this story of her transformation. No, that's going to be good. That's going to be really good. You always wonder as people – I wonder after the the videos came out, how many people who worked for Planned Parenthood suddenly decided they didn't want to work for Planned Parenthood anymore? And it always always makes me wonder, the people, was she the one whose mother was uh, a big Planned Parenthood person and wanted her daughter to be part of that? And I don't, I don't believe know. that's true. That's not the same I, one? The, okay. I read her book years ago, and it was her story of how she was um, – I guess uh, enticed into the work at Planned Parenthood by saying, oh, this is a great job. And she was groomed up to the position that she had had. Mm-hmm. And at the point where the story is about her transformation from actually witnessing an abortion procedure and how that affected her and helped her. Yeah, she is the one life. I was thinking about. Oh, was there, I didn't know. Yeah, she, she didn't realize that, you know, they start counting arms and legs and torsos and heads and all kinds of stuff. She didn't realize that. And she told her her mother, you've lied to me all these years. Because, you know, the, the whole story for most people that are pro-death, and I'm sorry, they always say pro-choice. I don't call it pro-choice. I call it pro-death. The bottom line is they tell people, oh, it's just tissue. Guess what? That's what you are, too. You're just tissue as well. Each and every one of us are just tissue. I just... I. I get emotional about this stuff. I really, really do. I think personally, as a country, we should have to apologize to the Nazis. Just being honest about what they did with the Jews and what we do with the unborn. It's no different of what uh, what each did. But you know, so for unplanned, you can you can see what what happened that changed this lady's whole perception of. Not only Planned Parenthood, but of life and and death. It was really transformative for her. And so I think this movie is an opportunity for us in the community to go out and see somebody who's seen both sides and form your own opinion. Um, this is a topic that's in our news a lot today. Uh, we're just so grateful that we're in a ministry at the Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center to do our part. Um, and we're not the ones who are on politics or in no, that big fight. That. But I think our part is important and it's – we do appreciate the community for the support they provide us what do you think about there's a, a big uh, uh rally going to happen in times square here i think in about a month in fact we're going to be involved in that to an extent uh and they're going to show um you know on those big screens in times square uh unborn babies in their mother's womb where people are going to be f- faced with that 
and uh, people are going to be there and, and, and are going to be saying, see, this is what it's all about. It's it's not about just, you know, it's it's not something that isn't real. I think that images are powerful. And I know I think I've oh, read yeah. about that as well. And just to bring to light what's going on is, is helpful for us as a nation to make our own decisions. Well, it's like Nathanson, Dr. Nathanson, Silent Scream, when that came out. Uh, that changed a whole lot of people's viewpoints about abortion at that point because the the whole the the whole way it was explained to most people is that number one it was just uh, it was just tissue uh, number two it didn't look like a baby number three it didn't feel pain and it went on and on and on I mean the lies that were put you know perpetuated around that it seems to me that it was when life magazine took those pictures inside the womb uh and now we're going back 30 35 years that people went say what but yeah i think you're exactly right but i'd also encourage you to think about we see a lot of ladies coming in who are what they say my faith says life is important but when they're in those shoes when they're in that situation you know do you how strong is your belief that you will uh choose life in that position so that's a struggle for a lot of people well how strong are you to face the things that you face from society true your best friends you know your family i mean it's like i said i dealt with teenagers that's families were quote loving families and then they found out that their daughter was pregnant and they said but you can stay somewhere but you can't stay here how crazy is that? Well, that's why I think we're so important because we do see that. You know, yeah. you can, we had a young lady come in the other day who was torn because her mother was bringing her in for an abortion, but her dad said, if you aborted this child, I'll disown you. Wow. So either way, she was going to lose, and her parents weren't married. So the idea oh. is she wow. had, she didn't have, she was stuck. She was stuck. Yeah. So we were able to sit there and talk with her and say, okay, you are you didn't choose this situation, but you can choose how you come out of this situation. Yeah. And I think that I'm so happy to see our staff and our nurses you know, love on these women and help them make those positive choices. I mean, people who don't make the choice of life, they go ahead the path of death. Do you ever see them again? Yes. <laughs> and what is it like a lot of people try to say it ain't no big thing? No. Um, we just introduced this year at our Rise Little Rock location a post-abortion healing program. We have seen a lot of women come in our doors who tell our nurses, everything you told me was true. I want that baby back. Can you help me? And mm-hmm. we want to be able to say, you are worth the help. Thank you for sharing your deepest, darkest secret. We want to honor you. And so, yes, we are there for them after the abortion because we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. And aren't we all worth redemption? And we want to offer that to them. Yeah, let me let me just give a little theology while we're while sure. we're here, and that and that being this, Christ forgave you for all of your sins, right. all of your sins. You know what? You need to forgive people for their sins as well. Not saying you got to forget. I'm just saying you got to forgive them. That's what we're called on to do, and it's tough. I'm not going to say it ain't tough, but if it's the Holy Spirit involved. Of course, if you've got to have a personal relationship with Christ to get that. But you can forgive. You'll be surprised at what you can forgive. And it'll be a t- it's, a, it's like killing. It's, the old saying goes, it's like trying to kill somebody with poison and you're drinking it. Doesn't work. 
It does not work. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more. Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center here will tell you more about how to get your tickets to Unplanned. Uh, Dave Ellswick saying, you listen to my show, go see the movie. Or let's say you can't make the movie, send them 10 bucks anyway. All right, give them $10. You're helping a lot of people if you do that. So uh, Alana and Nicole will be back with us, and we'll finish up our discussion here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Uh, I'll send this information to Elizabeth, and uh, Elizabeth will post it on my Facebook so that you'll be able to have the uh, websites to go to to be able to buy your tickets for the movie Unplanned that's coming up uh, a week from this coming Thursday and uh, as well as we'll give you pregnancylittlerock.com forward slash donate. And let's say you can't make the movie, okay, but you can still donate 10 bucks. Right. So, uh, you know, donate some money uh, to the cause, help these folks do their, uh, their ministry. It's a ministry. I mean, it's more than just uh, a secular organization. There's good things going on here uh, with them. Arkansas Pregnancy Resource Center, excuse me and their movie unplanned that's coming in that's a week from thursday tickets are 10 bucks in advance uh through the uh, uh fish website that's 93.3 fm to fish.com then click on the, the little vip screening uh logo that's there that'll take you right to where you need to buy your tickets at uh if you buy them uh, from the pregnancy little rock.com site uh you're gonna. It's going to cost you what fifteen dollars? Is that correct? Right, because we only have a limited amount, especially just for the fish and the answer listeners. Okay, so everybody should understand that uh, you got to buy your tickets online. Yes, they all will tickets, be no selling at the door. That is correct. All tickets are going to be purchased online. I mean, they must be be pre-purchased and with this awesome show they're probably going to sell out really really quick so i'd say go ahead and get on over there but if you do miss it we do have the tickets um for 15 dollars, and we'll post that information next week okay and this is about a lady who worked with planned parenthood was faced with what planned parenthood really is and it changed your whole viewpoint of uh, abortion and turned her from being in the pro-death lane to being in the pro-life lane. And I can't see how you could be involved with it and be, you know, I'm just being, I know it's going to be people saying, well, you got to be so graphic. But, well, because it is. Uh, when you start, you got doctors and nurses and you got helpers that are count, counting the legs and the arms that are being pulled out of the womb. And just, just, there's no getting around it. It is what it is. And it's terrible and it's horrible and uh, just understand what it's all about. And Nicole and uh, Elena, I'm glad that you both came by today. Thank so, you. And I'm glad that you are at the four. You're at the tip of the spear, and we that's what we say in the military is the people who go in first. Right. And we appreciate you. Well, thank you, you for having us on. And Elena, I appreciate you, the person who walked through those hot shoes and came back, and you're helping people, and you can help people from a an an area that a lot of other people can't help people. Right. All right. We appreciate that. We really do. You're lucky you guys got her. We're really happy. <laughs> yeah. But we have a lot of good support from our community. We appreciate you letting us be on today. And I like yeah. the other thing that you have about the women who don't listen for whatever reason, whatever pressures 
make them go to that clinic and then they have to deal with uh, the results of what happens and suddenly it's they, they i mean i've talked to people who've gone through abortions and things and counseled with them and they hear babies crying at night and all kinds of stuff and you know it's just a terrible thing we all deserve redemption and healing and i agree we want to help them no that's why jesus is there thanks right. so much y'all for coming thank, thank you we appreciate it all right we've got uh news coming up stay tuned for that then more here on uh, 101.1 fm the answer the dave ellswick show with you dave ellswick show and we move into the three o'clock hour thanks for being with us uh, my thanks to uh, uh alana and to uh, nicole from arkansas pregnancy resource center for coming in and spending an hour with us talk about their organization talk about this movie unplanned that's showing a week from thursday get your tickets at 933 fm and just click on VIP screening, and uh, your tickets will only cost you ten dollars. Uh, other tickets at other places will cost you fifteen. And uh, keep in mind that uh, you have to buy your tickets online. You can't buy them at the door. Uh, they're trying to sell this out uh, online, and and that way the uh, the people at uh, Riverdale Ten won't have to deal with it uh, at the. Uh, uh, ticket booth there at the at the uh, um the the theater all right so uh, the president just a few moments ago vetoed uh what uh the senate did president trump today used the first veto of his administration to reject a bipartisan resolution that sought to block his declaration of a national emergency at the border a move almost certain to kill the measure Trump's veto came a day after 12 Senate Republicans joined Democrats in voting for the resolution despite last-minute efforts between the White House and the GOP lawmakers to keep the Republican Party united. The measure ultimately passed 5941, and Trump immediately vowed to veto. While the original passage marked a stinging rebuke From some members of Trump's own party, his veto is likely the last word 
as lawmakers are unlikely to muster the two-thirds majority required to override. I can tell you that's not going to happen when you look at the the vote uh, that that um, of the Republicans who joined up on this. Uh, they weren't going to continue um, with that in helping at at all at that point. I mean, it's 59-41. They're not going to get enough to get two-thirds. While the original passage marked uh, that rebuke, uh, that, you know, it doesn't really, is not going to do much of anything. Trump originally declared a national emergency on the border last month after Congress granted only a fraction of the $5.7 billion he requested for a wall on the border. Declaring a national emergency allows Trump to steer an extra $3.6 billion to the wall. Senate Democrats have uh, consistently opposed many of Trump's hardline immigration policies and were joined by Republicans who expressed support for Trump's calls to build a wall but cited concern about the expansion of presidential power. The resolution had previously passed the Democrat-controlled House. This is a constitutional question. It's a question of the balance of power that is core to our Constitution said Mitt Romney. Oh, shut up, Romney. I mean, I get you make me want to puke. Why don't you just say, I hate Trump, and so I won't vote for anything of his? I mean, why don't you just be honest for a change? Oh, wait a second. Your last name's Romney. Anyway, uh, this is not about the president or border security. In fact, I support border security. I support a barrier. Then you might want to support the president. All right, Mitt? Let's get it right. Get it straight. The other Republicans who voted to oppose the declaration were Mike Lee of Utah, Bob Portman of Ohio, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Marco Rubio, Florida, Rand Paul, Kentucky, Lamar, Alexander, Tennessee, Roger Wicker, Mississippi, Roy Blunt, Missouri, Jerry Moran, Kansas, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Senator Tillis, Republican North Carolina, had said he would oppose the declaration but reversed course on the Senate floor, saying that he was, quote, sympathetic to Trump's push to deal with the crisis at the border. Lee, meanwhile, had introduced a bill that would end future emergency declarations after 30 days in an effort to allow Republicans to vote against the resolution. But after Trump said he opposed that legislation, Lee eventually backed the measure to rebuff Trump. So just so you know, Cotton and Bozeman both, both voted with the president, uh, uh, if you wanted to know. So we'll see where it goes from there, just uh, to let you know. Uh, Republicans are their own worst enemies. They really are. They are their own worst enemies. Um, I wonder how many times uh, Democrats would gather together to vote against uh Someone who was, you know, a president who was a Democrat, if they would do such a thing, I doubt it. Very, very much so. Doubt that it would happen that way. All right, the other big story going on with this uh, today is what happened in uh, New Zealand, where we had uh, four people, white supremacists, that uh, went into mosques, and killed uh, 48, 49 people there in New Zealand. Uh, The guy is from Australia that led the attack, put it together. 
according to the uh, manifesto that he wrote, uh, he'd been in planning stages for this for two years, uh, that um, he went to New Zealand because he thought it was a little softer of a target, but he was thinking about some other places as well. There was some indication as you listened and read what he had to say that perhaps some of that was going to be uh, perhaps he was thinking of the United States as uh, as well. Uh, you know, he he's a white supremacist. He uh, also, in his manifesto, it uh, matched up pretty closely uh, to the guy over in Norway who uh, killed 77 people back in 2011. Uh, that was Magnus Ranstrop. Uh, he was of uh, the Swedish National Defense College. Um, now, take that back. That's that's not right. Uh, it was Anders Bering, uh, Brevet, who was uh, the guy over in Norway. You remember him. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember what he did? He set off the car bomb, killed the people, and then when he left from where the car bomb had been, he went to like a summer camp. And he killed a bunch of basically younger people. Uh, and, and that camp was a, a very left-leaning uh, group of people. And so um, it was said on the radio that the New Zealand shooter who killed at least 49 people in two mosques in uh, Christchurch had been in contact with Brevis uh, sympathizers. So he is a he is a hard core. Let's just put it this way: a very hard core uh, white supremacist. Going back on July twenty second, twenty eleven, uh, Brevik killed eight people with a car bomb in Oslo, and then opened fire at an island summer camp run by the left wing Labor Party and their youth wing, and he killed sixty nine there. Now think about this about you know everybody's talking about how great Norway and Sweden and all those places are. How many years do you think he got in prison? Okay, he killed 77 people. 77 people. He got 21 years. And you heard me right. He got 21 years in prison for it. Uh Brevik's lawyer told Norway's VG newspaper that his client has, quote, very limited contacts with the surrounding world. And then it says it seems very unlikely that he has had contact, but the word that uh, other uh, stories have shown uh, is that this guy that is in prison in Norway gave his blessing uh, to the shooter in New Zealand. The uh, New Zealand shooter claimed he would leave prison after 27 years and likened himself to the uh, late South African president, Nelson Mandela, saying he would get the Nobel Peace Prize. Quote, yet another narcissistic right-wing extremist terrorist who has a distorted fantasy world, uh, said uh, this gentleman from a college. So, um, Interesting. Just saying, uh, you know, there's not much you can do 
to stop these people. Uh, now, Casio, uh, Ocasio, she hit the NRA after the New Zealand shooting, saying, quote, what good are your thoughts and prayers? Now, uh, the AOC today tore into the National Rifle Association after at least one gunman, and there's three more, okay, after at least one gunman opened fire at two New Zealand mosques, leaving at least 49 people dead. The New York lawmaker condemned the fatal attack on Twitter, focusing her message on the American gun group. At first I thought of saying, imagine being told your house of faith isn't safe anymore. Guy, what's with this woman? We've known that for a while. Here in Arkansas, we've been dealing with it to make it possible that, uh, you know, people can carry into houses of worship. Nowhere is safe when you've got nut jobs that have guns. And I, I don't know of, a better, of, of any better way to say this than nut job. Because anybody who wants to walk into a mosque or a synagogue or a church and shoot people uh, and do a, you know, a massive shooting is a nut job. There's something mentally wrong with that person. They're crazy. It ain't a hate crime, all right? Killing anybody is the manifestation of hate. I mean, you've got to be hating the people that want to kill them. But I couldn't say imagine, the lawmaker wrote, citing the deadly shootings now in Charleston, at Pittsburgh, and at the Sugar Sutherland Springs, Texas church. What good are your thoughts and prayers when they don't even keep the pews safe? AOC, come to my church. We keep the pews safe at, at our church because we have people that are, are um, caring, that are in contact with each other in our house of worship just in case one of these idiots walks in and thinks they can start, you know, just plucking away at people. That ain't going to happen where I go to church at. And I know that ain't going to happen where a lot of people go to church at now. Cortez noted that thoughts and prayers is a reference to the NRA phrase, she says, is used to deflect conversation away from policy changes during uh these tragedies the progressive congresswoman called on communities to come together fight for each other and stand up for neighbors isolation dehumanizing stereotypes hysterical conspiracy theories and hatred ultimately lead to the anarchy of violence we cannot stand for it the anarchy of violence (sighs) she needs to be checked on i mean i think she needs to be checked as far as her, what's going on in her mind, to be honest with you. It's a Dave Ellswick show. Uh, I got more to to uh, talk about about this. The phone lines are open, 823-0965, 823-0965. How about, uh, you know, Facebook? This guy's been espousing his belief system all over Facebook for years. He's been planning this for two years. He was in New Zealand for three months checking out the soft targets that he wanted to attack. 
Nobody, no, nobody else stopped him. Nobody else. And then you read about why he said he used firearms. I mean, there were bombs uh, uh, attached to cars, IEDs. They were able to, um, you know, defuse those bombs. But they were there to kill as many people as they could kill with those as well. And he said, I use guns because I knew that that would inflame everybody and would cause all kinds of political turmoil in the United States. His words, not mine. A break and more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, hey, Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke, have you heard this latest story? There's... Here's what people forget when they decide to run for office. Now, he ran for his uh, office against uh, Cruz down in Texas. Now he's decided he's going to run for the Democratic uh, flag to run for president. Story off of uh, the Daily Wire. That's Ben Shapiro's uh, website. Robert Beto O'Rourke, the latest Democrat to throw his name into the 2020 presidential election bid, is reportedly part of a hacktivist group called Cult of a Dead Cow and went by this, uh, the, the, the name Psychedelic Warlord. O'Rourke, who served three terms in Congress as a Texas representative and recently made a failed attempt to knock off Republican Senator Ted Cruz, announced uh, yesterday that he'll be running for the White House. The uh, Today, a report from Reuters claims O'Rourke was a member of the prominent hacking group and apparently penned some pretty bizarre writings fantasizing about the murder of children as a teen. Reuters reporting, the hugely influential cult of the dead cow, jokingly named after an abandoned Texas slaughterhouse, is notorious for releasing tools that allowed ordinary people to hack computers running Microsoft's Windows. It's also known for inventing the word hacktivism to describe human rights-driven security work. Members of the group have protected O'Rourke's secret for decades, reluctant to compromise his political viability. Now, in a series of interviews, CDC members have acknowledged O'Rourke as one of their own. In all, more than a dozen members of the group agreed to be named for the first time in a book about the hacking group by uh, this reporter that is scheduled to be published in June by public affairs. O'Rourke was interviewed early in his run for the Senate. Quote, there is no indication that O'Rourke ever engaged in the edgiest sorts of hacking activity, such as breaking into computers or writing code that enabled others to do so, noted the outlet. As highlighted by Mashable, Joseph Men's uh, forthcoming book called The Book, Cult of the Dead Cow, how the original hacking supergroup might just save the world, reports alleged inside info on O'Rourke, such as his apparent psychedelic warlord name. Reading from the book, O'Rourke had his own bulletin board named Taco Land. Oh, also that he wrote under the handle Psychedelic Warlord, and yes, 
You can still find some of his writing online. The revelation makes O'Rourke the most prominent ex-hacker in American political history. It also fits. He was already known for being a rebel enough to tour in a punk band, to unseat a congressman from his own Democratic Party, and to support gun control in Texas. That's from Joseph Min. And uh, we got news come back. I'll give you the rest of this because it's pretty crazy about uh, what's there. But it just goes to show the left, they won't care. They won't care if they think that he can win. They'll want him to run. All right, before I read what O'Rourke said, I want to go back to New Zealand. And, uh, you know, uh, AOC saying, got to stop this stuff. You know, it's NRA's problem. NRA has nothing to do with New Zealand. New Zealand has some of the most draconian gun laws around. So does New Ze- uh, so does Australia. But yet this guy got a hold of the necessary uh, guns to kill 49 people. He also got a hold of explosives that he made IEDs out of and put it on cars. And luckily... Uh, the EMTs and the first responders uh, to what went down today in New Zealand found them and was able to defuse them. You cannot get rid of every gun in the world. And hazard, I'm going to make a hazard a guess saying that, in fact, I'll, 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 I can bet my life on it. The person who stopped this man was a person who had a gun. And I'm beginning to believe from what I've been reading about this, he had a gun illegally and was able to stop the shooting. It's like we always say, the best way to to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. It's not going to be a good guy with a baseball bat or a good guy with a knife. It's going to be somebody who can meet firepower with firepower and uh, bring it to a stop. That's the way it got stopped today. Now back to, and, and I wanted to talk about that just to so that, well, with Cortez, you can look at what she's saying and, and see how stupid it is. She says stuff and people go, wow, she's so brilliant. Far from being brilliant. Same thing about O'Rourke. Let me read this, what uh, Beto said. And uh, you tell me if you think this is smart or it's just another, sounds like another uh, dope smoker that is high and is typing and is listening to John Lennon singing Imagine in the background. Here's what he says. Quote, think. A free society with no high, middle, or low classification of its people. Think. No more money-related murders. Okay, you figured that one out. All right, what does that mean? Uh, Suicides. No more suicides. Think. No more divorces. No more theft. Think, no more families living below a set poverty line or children 
starving to death because of a lack of money. Remember, we are the next generation and will soon rule the world. God help us if that's the deep thinking people that are coming. Think. Just think three times. All right. No more money-related murders. No suicides. There have been suicides since the beginning of time. You will not stop suicides. Think. Uh, no divorces. Do me a favor. Uh, pull up uh, Pull up uh, John Lennon Imagine for me. We got to play that in the background just to get the real feel of how, how these people are, are thinking out there. This this is no this is no different than the hippies back in the day. I heard this kind of crazy crap when I was a young person and I knew how stupid it was. Now I hear it as an old guy and it's still as stupid. Here we go. Come on, listen, listen, sing along. Get your bong now. Here you go. Imagine there's no heaven. Yeah, let's imagine that. Might imagine, but it ain't true. If you try, no hell below us. Above us, only sky. Bottom line is, yeah, Beto must have been involved in writing Imagine. That's all I can figure. I mean, you know, imagine no more money, no suicides too, no more theft or divorces. You know, it's, it's the same BS. It ain't going to happen. Please. I'm hoping that most people listening to the show have uh, a brain that understands how stupid that is. They go, and oh, by the way, remember you and the Generation Z and millennials, uh, you are the next generation and you will soon rule the world. I hope I'm taking a dirt nap before you take over. Because here's what I do know. If I'm not, I'll take one shortly because you'll be killing all the old people just like you're killing all the unborn children. Oh, yes. He also apparently wrote uh, about killing children. In writings that Reuters says still exist online, O'Rourke reportedly fantasized about toppling the government, but fretted that, quote, the masses would support such a radical move at this time. O'Rourke also wrote about murdering children by running them over with a car. Quote, one day as I was driving home from work, I noticed two children crossing the street, O'Rourke wrote. 
They were happy, happy to be free from their troubles. This happiness was mine by right. I had earned it in my dreams. As I neared the young ones, I put all my weight on my right foot, keeping the accelerator pedal on the floor until I heard the crashing of the two children on the hood and then the sharp cry of pain from one of the two. I was so fascinated for a moment that when after I had stopped my vehicle, I just sat in a daze, sweet visions filling my head. And this man wants to be president. Yeah, he wants to be president. That's what he wants to do. He he wants... He wants to be president. Unbelievable. All right. Bottom line, it's just, uh, this is crazy stuff. This guy really is crazy uh, as well. Uh, Oh, if you hadn't heard yet, Jeb Bush called for a Republican challenger to Trump in 2020. That's a big headline. Like, he hasn't been thinking about it. Probably if he... If we really ask him, he's thinking about he should challenge Trump in 2020, but he knows he'll get his clock cleaned again uh, as far as that's uh, concerned. So we we got more to talk about. There's just a lot of bizarre stuff out there and people who are reacting to some of the things that are going on, like this New Zealand killing. The only thing that stopped these people from doing it were guns. That's right. Guns. Other people with guns stopped them. They've been planning for years. They'd been in New Zealand. They didn't live in New Zealand. They had just come to New Zealand in the last three months to plan the attack. And Beto O'Rourke, folks, you listen to that stuff. Children starving in the streets of America. It ain't happening. It's happening in Africa. It's happening in a lot of third world places where the government doesn't give a rat's patoot about a lot of the people that live in their countries. Uh, like in, you know, over there what was it, Rhodesia? It was Rhodesia where uh, uh, Mugabe was the president, had all that food, and it was all stored up in barns in uh, secure areas, and the only people who got fed were the people who supported him. That, that's what we're talking about, all right? It's, it's, that's, it's now Zimbabwe, by the way. So, you know, as long as we have 10 horn dictators, as long as we have groups like ISIS, there is not going to be kumbaya peace on earth. There are just some people that the only thing they understand is the end of a gun, period, period. We'll come back, finish up this hour in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Matt Walsh, who uh, writes uh, his Matt Walsh blog for uh, the Daily Wire, uh, that's the uh, website for Ben Shapiro that he runs wrote a great uh, article today. I want to read this to you. I think you'll love it. You'll like it as much as I did. And uh, you'll be able to figure out what he's doing before I get to the end of the article. 
other than say, how many people have you said, we need to make college free? We need debt forgiveness for all the college kids that went out and signed up to to borrow tens of thousands of dollars to go to college. And now they're upset because they got to repay it. Here's Matt Walsh. Not long ago, I went to my local luxury car dealership and purchased a $250,000 Lamborghini. I say I purchased the vehicle, but what I mean, of course, is that I took out a massive loan in order to obtain the bright yellow Italian sports car. You should understand that I had no job, no assets, and a net worth of exactly $127 at the time of the transaction. I figured that I would eventually come up with the money to pay for it. Things didn't work out as well as I had planned. I've discovered, much to my shock, that it is quite unpleasant to be in debt. I have to make payments every month according to the agreement that I knowingly and purposefully signed. Apparently, the lender really wants the money back. I thought maybe they were joking or being sarcastic when they sat me down and said, this is how much you owe and this is what your monthly payments will be. Could have sworn I saw the guy wink as if to say, this is all a formality. You don't really have to make good on the loan. Have fun and don't worry about it. Now I suspect that maybe his eye was just twitching from some sort of nerve damage. Here I am then with the debt I agreed to take on for the sake of the product I intentionally purchased. But the financial obligation is hard. It makes my life difficult. I wake up in cold sweats wondering how this happened to me. Well, practically speaking, I know how it happened. I went and took out a loan, and now I have to pay it back. Look deeper, though, and you'll discover that it's not my fault. I'm the victim here. First of all, you need a car in this day and age. I had no choice but to buy one. Sure, some people get by without cars. It's technically possible to survive without a car for a while anyway until you die from exhaustion or hypothermia or you get eaten by wolves or whatever because you have to walk everywhere. The point is, I'm not going to be some plebe wandering down the sidewalk. That lifestyle might work for some people, less interesting and less important people, but not me. I'm me, after all, for God's sake. Now, you might argue that I could have easily purchased an affordable vehicle. I didn't have to spend six figures on a car when there are thousands of different options, and many of those options wouldn't result in a mountain of debt. I could have bought a really cheap used vehicle, driven it around for a while, and then eventually traded it for a nicer model once I had the money and means to afford it. Or I could have consigned myself to the miserable life of a pedestrian for a period of time, a few years at most, while I earned a living, saved money, and put myself in a better position to purchase a quality automobile. There are many things I could have done, you might say, but that's because you don't understand. I needed the nicest car right away, immediately, no matter the cost. Those responsible plans you mentioned might work for other people like I've already explained. I'm not other people. I'm a special case. There are certain things life owes me. Status, popularity, luxury, Lamborghinis. Don't you see how this works? It's not the lender who is owed. Rather, I'm the one who is owed. So I did what was right for me even if it wasn't right for me. 
You're not entitled to any more of an explanation. You should be satisfied with that. Why are we even talking about you anyway? This is about me. Remember, let's not lose sight of the real issue. I propose, no, I demand. I demand Lamborghini loan forgiveness. It's simply unfair that I have saddled myself with this unspeakable financial burden. It is the worst injustice I have ever perpetrated against myself, and I demand restitution. I don't really care how the matter is resolved, just as long as it ends with me cruising debt-free down the highway in my bright yellow Lambo. Yes, I will be keeping the car. I am not asking for a refund here. I'm talking about forgiveness. The debt should be wiped clean like it never happened. Poof, gone. Who's going to pay back the lender? Again, not my concern. If for some reason restitution is necessary, then take the money from my neighbor. He paid off the loan on his Honda Civic years ago. He's got plenty of extra money lying around. I'm sure of that. It's perfectly just to force someone else to assume my financial responsibilities. I remind you, for the umpteenth time, this is me we're talking about. I would never want to force my neighbor to pay off some random Rube's car or boat or patio or whatever. That would be totally immoral. It would be stealing. It's unthinkable. But I'm not a random Rube. I'm special. I'm important. I have a Lamborghini. Now someone just needs to pay for it. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? You hear about it in the news all the time. People asking for their uh, college loans to be forgiven or whatever it is they decided they had to go out and and buy uh, to make themselves feel good. It was well well done. I wanted to read that today about it. Lamborghini forgiveness. I mean, really, if we're going to forgive all these college kids' debt for going to college, then they should be able to go out and buy houses, buy cars, buy whatever they want, and we should have to pay for it. Forgiveness. Of course, as he says, I don't want my neighbor to pay for it. You know, I'm not some random, uh, you know, rube. It's me. I'm special. You're paying for me, not for some loser. You're paying for me. Just crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy stuff. It's a great, uh, great article today. Something to think about. People who are still calling for it, they'd read that and wouldn't understand that it's them that we're talking about. They wouldn't even understand it. Uh, the uh, shooters fled a, the second mosque after they were doing the shooters shooting. As good guy with a gun returned fire, the report says. And what have I always said? Best way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. This attack on a New Zealand mosque was stopped when a good guy with a gun fired at the attackers, causing them to flee the scene, according to local media. Now, if he has a gun and it's not registered in New Zealand, he's breaking the law. And I haven't heard anything else about this because I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be stupid? But not as, just as stupid as what happened in Britain one time about a guy you weren't supposed to have shotguns and he had a shotgun in his hand and, uh, in his house and a, and a burglar 
attacked him, killed his wife, and went to to, to get him, and he killed the burglar with a shotgun and went to prison because he had a shotgun. Think about that. Just wondering if they're going to arrest this guy for having a handgun if it's not legally purchased, even though who knows how many people he saved from getting killed. So Dave Ellswick show, let's break, and then we got another hour coming up here on the show. Want you to be back with me. There's more to talk about today, more to think about today on the Dave Ellswick show. As we get into the uh, four o'clock hour here, a lot of you are heading home right now. Lucky dogs that you are going home at four and you're going to have next week off. You're going to take a week off with your kids because it's uh, spring break. Can't say it's Easter vacation anymore. Lord knows you can't get any kind of religious stuff in. Now, can we? Can't say Easter. No, 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 no. Don't say that. It's spring break for all you politically correct type out there. But bottom line is uh, I wanted to correct something about the um, shooting in New Zealand. I said that uh, the uh, person who had the gun uh, that stopped the shooters at the second mosque had a handgun. I misspoke. He had a rifle or a shotgun. And he ran past the New Zealand police that were there shooting at uh, the fleeing silver car that uh, had brought the shooters to this other mosque and was, and was running and firing with shotgun, long gun, whichever it was, and uh, saying, I'm doing this in self-defense. He had to do that. I guess that's to keep New Zealand police from shooting him. I don't know. All right, so we've been talking about several people who are running for uh, the Democrat uh, presidential ability to run for president, all right? They're out there with the other 6,000 Democrats running for president right now. And uh, one of these guys is Andrew Yang. Now, if you don't know who who he is, okay, I don't either, to be honest, all right? Just know that he wants to be president. Democrat, and this is from uh, Ryan Savidra, who wrote this story. Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang. Okay, now, this is another nut job, okay? Listen to what he says said during a recent talk that Asians will be the next minority group oppressed in the United States, going as far as to claim that he thinks white Americans are going to be shooting up a bunch of Asians. His words, not mine. He actually said shooting up a bunch of Asians. Quote, So now that I'm running for president, like I've learned more about the Asian American place in society. And one thing that I that scares the heck out of me is that this country is heading towards becoming majority minority by 2045. That's 27 years from now. Okay, so you can do math. That's better than. You know, AOC. At least he can do math. 
she can't do math. Uh, Yang said, and, and so there's a very happy notion in some quarters that the country will just become more tolerant as it gets more diverse. Unfortunately, that is not really the way things play out if you look at historical examples, Yang continued. And so if you look at what's happening right now in this country, you can see an increasingly insecure white majority becoming more and more hostile, truly. And who is going to be the boogeyman of the next 10 to 20 years? Who's going to be the great rival to the United States in the eyes of Americans in society? China, that's who. And so what do you think the attitude is going to be over time for the shrinking, insecure white majority that's losing their jobs for, let's say, Chinese Americans or Asian Americans? I think we're one generation away from falling into the same camps as the Jews who were attacked in the synagogue in Pittsburgh like just a couple months ago. Like, we're probably one generation away from Americans shooting up a bunch of Asians saying like, you know, quote, damn the Chinese because there's a giant Cold War between even more with China, unquote. One of Yang's central campaign issues is giving Americans a $12,000 per year universal basic income. Another issue Yang is running on is protecting American jobs from artificial intelligence and robots. And I've got a speech right here in front of me, and he did say Everything I just read to you. And he wants to be president. And there's people out there thinking that Trump is not the right answer. Boy, I can look at it and say, this dude definitely is not the right answer as, as well. As we continue looking at Democrats, there's so many of these people who want to be president in the Democrats that there's just tons of stuff to talk about. Democratic presidential candidate Senator Kirsten Gillibrand talked about the virtue in abortion funding. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate Senator Kirsten Gillibrand sent out a tweet regarding reproductive health care. It's not a right if you can't exercise it. As, uh, access to reproductive health care shouldn't depend on your income, zip code, insurance plan, or anything else. It's time to end the Hyde Amendment and make safe, legal abortion available to any woman who needs it. Let me, let me read that to you again. It's not a right if you can't exercise it. Access to reproductive health care. I love how they, she didn't even want to say access to abortion. She called it reproductive health care. Now going in and killing a baby is health care. Except for the baby. (laughs) And then it's just murder. It shouldn't depend on your income, your zip code, your insurance plan, or anything else. 
I guess it should be free, you know, abortion for free for all uh, any woman who's pregnant. It's uh, it's like, uh, you know, don't have to pay for that Lamborghini, right? It's time to end the Hyde Amendment and make safe legal abortion available to any woman who needs it. In her tweet, she linked to an article from Bustle, which details the Equal Access to Abortion Coverage and Health Insurance Act, co-sponsored by Gillibrand. According to Bustle, quote, the bill would expand access to abortion in two ways, by allowing federal dollars to pay for abortion services, which, if you don't know this, is currently banned by that Hyde Amendment that she shows so much disdain for, and also by prohibiting politicians from push, for pushing initiatives that dictate whether or not private insurers may cover abortion services in their respective states. The Hyde Amendment stops the federal government from paying for abortions through programs like Medicaid, instead leaving it up to state legislators to decide how and when to fund abortion coverage. When did the Hyde Amendment pass? 1976. And allegedly prohibits federal tax dollars from funding abortion. Quote, it's part of the annual Departments of Labor, Health, and Human Services and Education and Related Agencies Appropriations Act and makes exceptions for rape, incest, and incidents in which the life of the mother is at risk. The the text states in part, none of the funds appropriated in this act and none of the funds in any trust fund to which funds are appropriated in this act shall be expended for any abortion. Here's the problem, though. Hyde Act isn't very effective. Planned Parenthood receives hundreds of millions of dollars in government funding every year. Despite the Hyde Amendment stating that no federal funding can be used for abortions, the the use of that money within the organization means that any cash received by Planned Parenthood can, in a roundabout way, fund abortion. Now, fungibility is the word that they use, and according to Merriam-Webster, is, quote, something such as money or a commodity of such a nature that one part or quantity may be replaced by another equal part or quantity in paying a debt or settling an account. In other words, if the uh, federal government gives Planned Parenthood money uh, to do uh, mammograms, which they don't do, uh, but if they gave them that money, but instead of using mammogram, doing mammograms, they they make it over to uh, the area of Planned Parenthood that does abortions. It's all right. They can say it was in the in the line to play from pay for mammograms. Even if none of the money Planned Parenthood receives from the federal government can be used for abortions, it can be used to fund cancer tests, contraceptives and other services, thus freeing up other money to be used for the abortions. You got got all this money. The Heritage Foundation reports that from 2013 to 15, Planned Parenthood and its affiliates spent $288 million in federal funds. They also received $1.2 billion in funding for Medicaid, which combines federal and state funds. According to Forbes, in the fiscal year ending on June 30th, 2017, Planned Parenthood's revenue, 
minus the $544 million from the government, stood at approximately $916 million. Planned Parenthood is the 27th largest charitable organization in the United States, according uh, to business, tech, and financial news outlets. Given the Hyde Amendment's failure to address fungibility, Gilbrad's tweet and all pronouncements against the lack of government funding for abortions are no more than virtue signals designed to attract voters. Bottom line. Unbelievable. All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about my good friends at PI Roofing. They clean out gutters as well now. And as well as they do roofs and as well as they repair your house from leaks that maybe uh, have happened through your roof, uh, then you know you can get a good gutter cleaning. That's what PI Roofing is known for, professionalism and doing a great, great job of uh, you know taking care of your home, basically. Find out more, get involved with PI Roofing. Just go to their website. It's piroofing.com, piroofing.com. So, did you have you been following the story about uh, Lisa Page? You know she she was she had that boyfriend that was in the FBI and they thousands and he was married and she was having an affair with him and so they were talking about how they were going to stop Trump from you know being president or if they couldn't do that they were going to make sure that he got impeached. The Democratic Party has been amplifying fake scandals about Trump ever since he was elected. Now we know why. Okay. Story from the Daily Caller today. Democrats are desperate to conceal their own history of deception in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into non-existent collusion was the perfect way to distract the American people from their poor record of pulling punches when it came to prosecuting wrongdoing within the Obama administration. According to a new transcript, former FBI legal counsel Lisa Page told lawmakers under oath last year that President Obama's Justice Department ordered the FBI not to charge Hillary Clinton with gross negligence using a uh, private server uh, to send and receive classified material. Yeah, you heard me right. Again, uh, you know, under oath last year, she said that President Obama's Justice Department ordered the FBI not to charge Hillary Clinton with gross negligence for using a private email server to send and receive classified materials. During the closed-door testimony, Page told uh, Congressman John Radcliffe that he was, quote, correct in assuming that Obama's Department of Justice asked the FBI not to charge Clinton for mishandling classified information while she was Secretary of State. Quote, when you say advice you got from the department, you're making it sound like it was the department that told you you're not going to charge uh, gross negligence because we're the prosecutors and we're telling you we're not going to bring a case based on that, Ratcliffe asked. That is correct, Page answered. How could the FBI 
conduct an unbiased investigation and reach an independent conclusion if its agents were told not to go after the top target, Hillary Clinton, by the DOJ. Notably, Page also said that the DOJ had multiple conversations about charging gross negligence, but decided that they did not feel they could sustain a charge because they considered the term constitutionally vague. Of course, former FBI Director James Comey previously told the House Oversight Committee that the Bureau's decision not to prosecute Clinton was unanimous, a narrative that is clearly contradicted by Page's testimony. Quote, Comey testified under oath that it was a unanimous decision on crooked Hillary, President Trump tweeted in testimony to the unearthed testimony. Lisa Page transcripts now show that he lied, all caps. Sadly, Page's remarks only confirm what many Republicans have suspected from the very beginning, that biased individuals within the FBI and DOJ abused the Bureau's power to tip the 2016 election to Clinton's favor. When this corrupt plan failed, the same individuals conspired to launch an investigation into made-up allegations of collusion between the president and Russia, a $25 million and counting witch hunt that never had any chance of producing even a shred of evidence. Many insiders have suggested that the Mueller investigation is the manifestation of the Peter Schrock, Lisa Page text messages referencing an insurance policy in case things didn't go their way in the 2016 election. It is becoming increasingly clear that there really was a collusion plot to influence the result of the 2016 election, but it was conceived by the Obama administration and carried out by partisan investigators at the FBI, and nobody has seen the inside of a courtroom for the real collusion yet nearly three years later. It's coming out slowly but surely. It is coming out. So we'll just have to see what all reveals itself as we uh, continue on dealing with all this. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage. I've been using now Sonny's for over a year. Uh, Great workers there. Uh, RD does a great job of making sure that the items that people are wanting to fix their cars with are right there on the shelf for you. I've gotten two motors now uh, to take care of two different cars that I own uh, that needed the motors replaced, and we've done that with them. And uh, the two motors cost me just a tad over $5,000. If I had bought them, uh, you know, rebuilt or whatever, it would have cost me well beyond uh, probably fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars, and they just do a good job. And all of those parts have uh, guarantees, come with standard warranties, and all you have to do is call them, ask them how they can help you. And by the way, they'll put it in for you as well if you don't have a mechanic that you want to use. Nine eight two seventy four fifty one. That's the number to call. Nine eight two seven four five. One, you call that number and uh, they'll be happy to help you out. 
All right, we got news coming up. Let's get that. And then when we come back, uh, we'll finish it up for this Friday, this week, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, you can learn the uh, little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. I've been talking to you this about this for several months now. And if you haven't taken David Lucas up on it, you should. Because everything that he's going to talk to you about is real, factual, and important to know about. Uh, the free analysis will reveal the little-known strategy and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. So to get your free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers and be one of those callers right now at 501-653-6690. This is your opportunity to literally save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in your retirement. If you don't do some of the things that David Lucas is going to go over with you, the federal government is licking their chops knowing they're going to get more than what they ever thought they were going to get from you when you got into retirement. Again, the number to call, 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Be sure that you do that right now. So what are the students uh, doing right now? Well, around the world, students are skipping class to demand action on the climate. Tens of thousands of students across the world skipped school today to take to the streets and protest at their government's failure to take sufficient action against global warming. The uh, coordinated school strikes held from the South Pacific to the edge of the Arctic Circle were inspired by 16-year-old Swedish activist Greta Thunberg who began holding solidarity uh, demonstrations outside the Swedish parliament last year. Since then, the weekly protests have snowballed from a handful of cities to hundreds. Driven uh, by social media-savvy students and dramatic headlines about the impact of climate change. I wonder if she holds to AOC's 12 years, and then the world is going to disappear as we know it. Uh, Thunberg, who was recently nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, was cheered for her blunt message to leaders at the World Economic Forum in Switzerland this year when she told them, quote, I want you to panic. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day, unquote. Protests were staged in cities in more than 100 countries, including Hong Kong, New Delhi, Wellington, New Zealand, and Ulo, Finland. In France, organizers said some 40,000 people attended the main event in central Paris, while police put the number well under 30,000. This is by far the biggest turnout we've seen in France for these youth climate protests said France 24's environmental editor uh, Dundas, reporting from the Pantheon Square in central Paris. They included 15-year-old student Dara McQuaid, who stressed the importance of collective action 
for youths who are not yet able to take part in elections. As a group, we can act more powerfully than with any vote, he told France 24. My parents are very supportive of this strike. Strike, they say it is important that we do everything we can to save our planet. Or as, as uh, Jimmy Morrison said from the doors, Mother Earth. As Greta Thunberg pointed out, there's no point in learning about global warming in class if then we can't do anything, said the 16-year-old. Climate change is a global problem, but as a privileged country, France has a duty to act. In Berlin, some 10,000 protesters, most of them young students, gathered in a downtown square waving signs with slogans such as, There is no planet B and Climate Protection Report Card, F, before a march through the capital's government quarter. Organizer Carla Rimsma, a 20-year-old university student, said social media had been key in reaching people directly to coordinate the massive protests in so many different locations, noting that she was in 50 WhatsApp groups and uh, feeling some 30,000 messages a day. It's really important that people are getting together all over the world because it's affecting us all, she said. Some politicians have criticized the students, suggesting they should be spending their time in school, not on the streets. Quote, one can't expect children and young people to see all of the global connections, what's technically reasonable and economically feasible, said the head of Germany's pro-business Free Democratic Party, Christian Lindner. That's a matter for professionals. But scientists have backed the protests with thousands signing petitions in support of the students in Britain, Finland, and Germany. Quote, we are the professionals, and we're saying the young generation is right, said a professor of engineering at Berlin's University of Applied Sciences. We should be incredibly grateful and appreciative of their bravery said one of the German-speaking scientists to sign a letter of support this week because, in a sense, it's incredibly brave not to go to school. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. It's incredibly brave not to go to school. I didn't go to school so I could go to Brookfield Zoo one time. Was that incredibly brave? Just saying. Okay, just saying. Have you ever, did you ever ditch school? You were incredibly brave. I look back now and think how incredibly stupid I was, but the bottom line is this scientist says you were incredibly brave. Scientists have warned for decades that current levels of greenhouse gas emissions are unsustainable so far with little effect. Let me, I was talking, my wife and I were watching television the other night. Now, I don't know if you even remember this act. This may have happened before you were even a mad gleam in your daddy's eye. But um, at one time, all of the underarm deodorants, you had to pump them to squirt them on your your armpit because the, um, the propellant that they were using in the can was destroying the ozone in space. And so they made it illegal. Now, if you haven't noticed, 
people when you remember that that all we now propel we don't have to pump to get your armpit juice okay you you just you know and i remember you know right guard and all that used to be when you were in the locker room after a football game there was a fog in there from all the the antiperspirant that had been put on uh, the football players and stuff but when did that when did, when did we go back to that i i started talking about it and i said when when did we figure out that that was just a whole bunch of oakum you know just just bs and decided we wanted we wanted it back the way it used to because it, those things were terrible when you were, had to pump to get the right guard on you and stuff because it was sticky and so the hole that it came out of after you hadn't used it all night that stuff a lot of times would harden in the pump and you couldn't get it out of the bottle and it's not like you could take the top off and splash it you know up under your pits you know you 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 had you take and you'd put the uh the pump uh where the hole was at you turn on the hot water uh in in the locker room and wait and you had to wait for it until it got hot which took a time because you got you know 40 guys on a football team all shower and everything using up all the hot water to you know wash off the sweat and dirt and mud and all that kind of stuff but it, it would get hot, hot again and then you would you know get it open again then you could do it you, you had to hang around the locker room an extra 10 or 15 minutes which was a, 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 just a real pain in the you know what so any you know bottom line is a lot of this stuff that they said well we did it and uh we did it because we, we there was a hole in the ozone and then all of a sudden studies came out and said well there's always been a hole in the ozone it gets bigger sometimes. It gets smaller sometimes. And so we're back to just spraying underarm pit juice on us with no big deal. I mean, it's just, you know, Americans are just, we're crazy. We're crazy. We get so worried about certain things. And then last but not least, talking about these global protests, my favorite, my my fra- my favorite one uh, of signs that was during this. You're gonna love this, Zach. Make love, not CO2. Now that this shows you how stupid the people are. Can you not make CO2? Let me just ask that of you. Can you not make CO2? Do you breathe? Do you do you exhale? Or do you always breathe in? You ex you exhale, right? You you exhale CO two, don't you? <laughs> Isn't that right? We exhaled CO. So yeah, make love but hold your breath. Okay, I'm just saying, make love but hold your breath. All right, a break, and we'll be back to finish it up for today on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back last uh, segment uh, for today. We got about nine minutes left here. All right, got Jim out there somewhere out around Arkadelphia. How you doing, Jim? Oh, doing pretty good today, Dave. I just listened to you. You're talking about right guard and all that stuff. And back in those days, I can remember band roll on. Oh, yeah. And then and then there were some other uh, types of 
uh, of gel type products, whatever that kind of squeezed out the top. But I agree with you that it uh, it would stop up, and then you have to throw it away and go buy another thing. But I think that was by design. But uh, you remember when we were young kids and all that? When get up in the mornings and watch the sun come up, and and the sun would be just like peach orange. It's not near as that color anymore. And then when it get it, when it would get up around high noon, it would still be you know an off color. It wouldn't be near near as clear, you know. And uh, what kids and people today don't understand is we've got the cleanest air we have ever had. That because of all the EPA regulations and stuff for the venting air conditioner, Freon, and all that kind of stuff, letting it go out in the atmosphere, and you know, I mean, it, it's nothing compared to what it was when we were growing up as kids. They oh. just don't understand, it. and that's why it's freaking hot out here now. <laughs> I tell you what, you you brought back memories when you said ban roll on. I tried oh. that. I tried that one time, and it about pulled every one of my underarm hair off of my body. Yeah, well, it would, the hair would get stuck in the little roller on <laughs> yeah, top yeah. of it, and yank it out. <laughs> and you know, band roll-on should have been banned before they ever invented the stuff. Yeah, you're right. It was dangerous. It was causing unto- untold mem- misery to high school students. <laughs> I forgot about ban. Oh my. I I love, and and he's exactly right talking about how clean our air is and our water is. Our water and our air are cleaner now than they've ever been, probably almost in the history of this nation. I mean, seriously, when I grew up up in Northwest Indiana, which is just outside of Chicago, right along the lip of uh, Lake Michigan, there were four steel mills pouring a lot of of um, sulfur dioxide into the air as it was making uh they say we're making steel and it it came to the attention of uh, scientists and and two steel makers that that sulfur dioxide when it rained that's what was causing acid rain they did not know what was doing it and then they figured it out before the epa could even act the uh, USX or US Steel at the time and Youngstown Sheet and Tube and uh, Bethlehem Steel and Inland Steel all reacted and began putting uh, scrubbers on their smokestacks. Now, you go through that area now, number one, a couple of those steel plants are gone, but the ones that are still opening, the smoke that you're seeing come out is not really smoke it's water vapor is what you're seeing and people think it's all kinds of pollution and it's really not same thing with a lot of the at the time coal generated electric plants that we had here in in the state one of the things that sierra club was so much against about the uh, those plants was that they put mercury in the air but Look, I've had the people on from uh, the electric companies, and they've shown me uh, the paperwork that shows the tests that were done by the EPA of the lakes around the area, and there is there's not mercury in the lakes 
in Arkansas. If it was in the air, it would be in the water, and it's not there. So most of the stuff that you're told about the bad stuff that's happening uh, in in the in the world, as far as that goes, is just a bunch of gobbledygook stuff. Um, I I loved, uh, and I got in trouble for for uh, getting on. Uh, the American Heart Association a few years ago because they were talking about how the pollution uh, was so bad in Little Rock that it was causing people with heart problems and stuff, all kinds of, uh, uh, of problems. And it came, if you, if you look where they were measuring, where they had their devices at the time, it was going to be it was going to be inordinately high in those particular small areas. It wasn't they were reporting it as though it was all the whole city. And it wasn't. It was a few small areas that were uh you know, taking the, the numbers and and making them untrustworthy. They don't do it that way anymore. They totally do it a different way. And in fact I can't remember the last time now that I've heard a story about that problem. It, it's, I don't know how, how to put this except to say that, you know, people have their agendas. And by reaching out and running their agendas, they try to run up, you know, money from the government as money that comes to their organizations and things of that nature just it's kind of just the nature say the least the nature of uh the the beast all right you know typically it's a fun friday today but a little less fun and talking more about what's basically going on um uh, in politics and whatnot this was just announced today. Disney has announced that it has re- reinstated disgraced A-list Hollywood writer-director James Gunn to direct the third installment of the wildly popular Marvel superhero franchise film Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Disney fired Gunn over social media posts he made about committing child rape and jokes about the Holocaust, Mexicans, and AIDS. And it was very obvious, uh, it was just bad taste jokes, okay? I said that they shouldn't have let him go. They went ahead and let him go. But uh, if they're going to bring him back, then there's a lot of people out there that they've uh, castigated over the last few years that they should be giving them their jobs back as well. And not only their jobs, but getting at them about some of the things that uh, they've gone. For instance might be nice now for disney to say you know and we're going to we're going to advertise on tucker carlson's show even though that he made some some uh bad jokes about 12 years ago on when he was on bubba the love sponges radio show you know going back uh 15 20 years and saying a person did this or did that or said this or said that man you're a totally different person typically over 20 years it's like uh, when they went through the supreme court justice hearings and saying well what did you do at this college uh party you know if i had to admit to the things that i did at some of the college parties i attended i couldn't run for dog catcher 
be honest, stupid. It was stupid. A stupid young person did dumb things. Don't think it should be held against you now. We're out of time, aren't we? We are, huh? Is that what you're telling me, Zach? You're looking at me and you're waving your fingers around, which usually means I'm supposed to shut up. Is that right? You know, you just say, go ahead. I'm just going to cut you off. All right, bottom line is, hey, look, God gave you a whole a whole week of, of life. Do me a favor and do yourself a favor. In fact, and give him at least an hour this Sunday. Attend the church of your, uh, of your choosing and listen and see what he might have to say to you because even though other people say he doesn't talk to people, he does. You'll hear him, that still small voice. He'll talk to you. You know, listen and do what he tells you to do. I'll see you on Monday, 2 o'clock at the state capitol. We'll be back out at the session. That'll continue for about another three weeks, to be honest. I'm out of time. I got to get out of here. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.